Why our space programme? Why indeed? Did we trouble to look past the next mountain? Our prime obligation to ourselves is to make the unknown known. We are on a journey to keep an appointment with whatever we are. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. Gene Rodenberry of Star Trek. Uh, I always thought that Rodenberry would be a really lovely Scandinavian preserve. Yeah. That you would slather all over a well, a bit of bread. You know, Loretta's got an allotment, and uh, we're growing uh, boysenberries. Steady on, Gwyneth. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You can't hoist me by my own petard. There. Sorry, Matt. Sorry. What are we going to talk about this week? Songs about space. Yeah, because we had a couple of good ones last week, didn't we? The um, yeah, the Rush countdown and Hello Earth by Kate Bush. Got us thinking, didn't it? What other ace songs are there about space? Do you want to go first? Uh, I think you should go first. I'm going to go first with a really obvious one, but it's got to be the most uh, influential one. And that's The Planets by Holst, by British composer Holst, Gustav Holst. Uh, So you've got Mars, Venus, Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune. Right. Uh, But what's missing? Other than Earth. Uh, right, say them again. <laughs> I'm not saying them again. Say it again. <laughs> Mars, Venus, Mercury, <laughs> Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. Which one's missing? What's missing? It, they were all written in 1914 to 1916, all these bits. Right. right. Pluto wasn't discovered until 1930. Oh, it's about yeah. to say Pluto. Oh, well, you should have said it. Should have said it. Well, Matt, is it a planet? Oh, well, no, well that, I mean, that's... Start this. Well, it, well, you got it. It was a planet. <laughs> It was a planet, and Holst was still alive, but it, it, still did, is, he didn't... it still is in my heart. Yeah, he was still alive, but refused to write a new movement because he'd become disillusioned by the popularity of his planets. Oh. Uh, so it took another English composer, Colin Matthews, uh, to mm. write Pluto in 2000, only then to have it dashed away from him <laughs> oh, because Pluto was demoted. So oh. how annoying is that? But Really annoying. Also, uh, Simon Rattle uh, conducted the Berlin Philharmonic and uh, commissioned four pieces by four very good composers, one of which is Tur- Mark Anthony Turnage, one of my absolute favourites. And he wrote a, uh, that they wrote uh, about the major asteroids in the solar system. So uh, Turnage wrote about Ceres, and uh, it's absolutely brilliant. But, mm. there's a, but there's four others, Asteroid 4179, Osiris, and uh, Komarovs fall whatever that is well i've Amazing, got one huh? for you matt mm-hmm. radiohead off mm-hmm. their excellent and very underrated hail to the thief album sail to the moon which was the third track um a lovely piano like lullaby ballad um was written for tom york's then infant son noah yeah Nice. What do you think about that? It says, maybe you'll be president, but no right from wrong. Or in the flood, you'll build an ark and sail us to the moon. Oh. Is there a little, a little reference little to Bagpuss there? Ref- well, there's a reference to Noah's ark, surely. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, there and his go. son's Noah. Oh, there I like you go. it. Um, my next one 
is the year of, is 39 by Queen. Couldn't oh, not have a Queen tune. reference, could we? Tune. But that, uh, it's quite good. Remember that scene in Interstellar where they go down to the planet and then come back and the guy's aged? Yeah. That's essentially the theme of uh, the year of 39, where the uh, a bunch of brave souls go off in a uh, spaceship, only to return to find that everyone's aged or died. So there we go, because of the that wouldn't be time nice. dilation effects of Einstein's special relativity. There we go. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Matt, we both picked the Galaxy Song by Monty Python. Oh, yes. We, again, couldn't not have that. <laughs> I mean, how yeah, good but- are the lyrics? The lyrics are amazing. And do you know what? They're surprisingly accurate. And there's been times where people have said, oh, that's not accurate. He's changed the lyrics and then yeah. had to change them back to the original lyrics when they find, find out that he's, um, he's, he's got it bang on. And there's, yeah. uh, b- there's been a couple of recent versions. So in 2014, Eric Idle did it again. And uh, near the end, Brian Cox sort of starts saying how inaccurate it is. And then Stephen Hawkins comes in and knocks him over in his motorised chair. <laughs> and, then, oh, then, and then Hawkins does the cover of the song uh, uh, for a record day single. And then it's re-recorded again with updated lyrics. So the galaxy containing 500 billion stars instead of 100 billion. The galaxy rotation speed of 500,000 miles per hour instead of 40,000. Yeah, and the galaxy thickness is six thousand light years instead of sixteen, and the spiral arm thickness of one thousand light years is three thousand. So he didn't do too Ouch. bad a job. So there's a few corrections in there, but as a you'd, a, you'd forgive that. Yeah, I mean, as a kind of song that you can sing to yourself and and realize just how ridiculous space is, and that you don't mind giving up a kidney. Uh, is brilliant. It's amazing, isn't it, Matt? Let me read you the last four lines. So remember. When you're feeling very small and insecure, how amazingly unlikely is your birth? And pray that there's intelligent life somewhere out in space, because there's bugger all down here on Earth. Genius line. Eric Idle. That, eh? What an absolute legend. Incredible. Oh, do you know, I met yeah. Eric Idle just outside your office a few years ago. And I actually got a little bit nervous. I don't normally get nervous in front of pop stars, but Eric Idle was something else. It's like, oh my God, it's Eric Idle. Why didn't he pop in and see me if he was near me? Uh, because he didn't need it's any. To- he didn't need any tonal shaping. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Uh, uh, Understood. So, what else did you get, Matt? Well, I think we. I don't. I don't think it's right to to go through and not mention uh, Richard Strauss's also Sprach Zarathustra. Easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, I can't really say it. Amazing. Which, of course, is uh, made famous by the initial fanfare titled Sunrise, which is used in the 1968 film 2001 A Space Odyssey. Aha. But, but the, the, I mean, there's a couple of other songs in that little, um, in Space Odyssey, of course, like Johann Strauss's uh, Blue Danube, which, of course goes brilliantly well with the way when they're walking around the space station and things like that and it's that's like a main theme throughout but there's also some beautiful Leggetti pieces right all the way through it all the kind of isn't more sci-fi blue Dan- kind of, isn't blue danube also a cheese it is and it's also how i tune drums so that <laughs> is it? yeah so the toms yeah make the do 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 and you can uh yeah that's a good way of tuning drums yeah wow. there you go yeah listen up or you drummers mm. 
What's your choice? What's your next choice, Jamie? Uh, I'm going to go with Deep Purple, Space Trucking. It's a good choice. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of our favourite bands, isn't it, Matt? Oh, man. In fact, I had the joy you know? of seeing them, didn't I, quite recently, thanks to you. Yeah, you did. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. Ian Pace. Oh, nice. And lovely Ian Pace. I mean, you know, we've had a lot of luck on Venus. We've always had a ball on Mars. Meeting all the groovy people. We've rocked the Milky Way so far. I mean, what's not to love? <laughs> what's not to love about you know, that? Oh, what's man. not to love? I reckon, the difference is, Matt, I've got a feeling that they were being serious. <laughs> <laughs> what's That's funny the is... Difference. I tell you what, if if you want to ruin your voice, go go off and mm. sing that for a few concerts in a row. Space trucking is yeah. ludicrous. It's quite I, a high, quite a few high notes. I, my next choice, Jamie, is is a song that I know both of us really, really love. Even though, oh, yes. really, that the subject matter is is a little bit ridiculous. But uh, a song called "Concerning the UFO Sighting Near Highland" by Sufjan Stevens, one of the and, greatest records and songs it is amazing record and and that's the opening track of illinois and wow it's about a a ufo sighting there's quite a famous one where people quite a few people saw a a, a triangle the size of a football field flying around uh, over lake forest in illinois which is a suburb of chicago uh, so, yeah, and some of the witnesses said it was bigger than a Boeing 747. So this is like a big old thing. But I'm sure, as we all know, it's never aliens. Of course it's not, you know? Or is it? All right, Jamie, Ooh. even even though we've got a list here of about 30 songs. We've got let's loads. Choose, let's just choose one more each. All right, well, I'm going to go with this, Matt. What do you think this is from? For here am I sitting in a tin can, far <laughs> above the world. Planet Earth is blue, and there's nothing I can do. Ah, oh, well, it's the mighty David Bowie and Space Oddity. He's sitting in a tin can, <laughs> far above the world. Oh, well, he's my hero of yeah, all so, time. Yeah, the greatest so to ever live. Apologies for when the uh, the um, podcast came out a day late last week because Jamie and I went to a David Bowie tribute gig, didn't we? And watched yeah, quite a did. few of those songs. So there was things like Starman, of course, Life yeah. on Mars. Did he, did they do? Yeah, they did do Hello Space Boy, didn't they? They did also did Hello Space Boy. Not our favourite era, but no. still up there. <laughs> Dancing out in space, they didn't do, but that was a great track, a late great track. What about Born in a UFO? They don't think they that played well. that. No, and they no. definitely didn't take I Took a Trip on a Gemini spacecraft. I love how obsessed he was with space. Yeah, he's, I mean, really, David Bowie is the space space uh, officiado he's the space songwriter, alien. isn't he? Yeah, he is yeah. the space. And we're, we're, I'm, we're not even mentioning some of the great tracks that are off um, The Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh, don't get me started, Matt. Or we'll be here for a long time. Uh, I don't know what to choose next. But I think I'm going to have to go with Brian Eno's Deep Blue Day as an oh, amazing yes. space track. That That is off his album, Apollo, which I think is Apollo's uh, soundscapes that were that were actually uh, uh, written for a film called All Mankind, directed by Al Reinert. And, um, yeah, it, it's absolutely brilliant. And all of the songs on that album have kind of got like a country music vibe to them. 
And this is what Brian yeah. Eno said. He said, Apollo, I thought it was very appropriate to have a country music vibe because it's very much like space music. It has all the connotations of pioneering of the American myth of the brave individual. Wow. I mean, yeah, and, it, and they're really, Yeah, so they're both spacey and country kind of. They've got that country and Western vibe to them because all of the Apollo astronauts, of course, were cowboys, essentially. Hey, Matt, do you know what's weird? Is that five minutes down the road from where I am, I'm in Berlin, everybody, at the moment, just, you know, just hanging out. Well, just international and, um, podcasting. That's just what we do. And five minutes down the road from where I am currently is Hansa Studios. And for those that know, that's where David Bowie and Brian Eno were, uh, were doing Heroes quite, uh, quite a while ago. Well, well, they did three records there. But and that's where they wrote Heroes. Well, and your current office in the middle of Wandsworth is literally on the site where he recorded uh, the video for Ashes to Ashes. There's quite a few Bowie I didn't connections. know that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that big TV studio is where they did uh, Ashes to Ashes. No way. Genius. Way, way. I've got a very funny story about that, but it's a bit rude for the podcast. Maybe I'll ask you if I can tell it. Go on then. Next week. Okay. <laughs> if you want to hear Jamie's rude podcast. If you want to hear may, my rude maybe ashes go, to may, ashes story. Maybe become a Patreon at the, uh, oh, <laughs> at yes. the upper level. That's how you unlock it. Oh, Everyone yes. that there donates £5 a month will get my handwritten, very rude David Bowie ashes to ashes story. Excellent. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're stooping low. Oh, that is stoop low. But anyway, so the... Uh, there's a whole oh man, there's so many more, isn't there? There's just are we going to do a playlist? Yeah, so I'm going to I've I've done a playlist and I will I put that in the link to the podcast. But there's about twenty other songs, and if any of you listeners out there have like a really favourite uh, space song like Rocket Man by Elton John or or the yeah. superior William Shatner version, just let us know. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I bet there's going to be loads. Let I us know what I you got. I didn't realize. I just didn't realize how many there were. There's so many good ones. What's I nice re- about that, Matt, is it, it? It means that you know, lots of people are, are looking up, and it's inspiring them to write great music. It is, and and actually, they are great. It is great music. This is a brilliant pa- playlist. I'm actually going to play it quite a lot. It's on. It's downloaded. Yeah, on there's my not phone many duds on here. There's definitely no duds on there. I mean, I even I, I tell you what track I do love that I didn't never heard before, and that's "Space Junk" by Devo. That's an that's oh, yeah. a tune, and it's yeah. like it's all about space junk coming down and hitting his girlfriend. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's uh, nineteen sixty-eight. That after this, right, writing you know writing about space junk. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Love it, love it. Yeah, it's a great tune. Right, what's been going on in the world of space? Well, well. I, we can't we go have on. To talk we have about to mention Zuma. Zuma, don't we? Zuma is just absolutely hilarious. That I saw a brilliant tweet, and I think it's my favourite tweet. When he goes, where <laughs> this bloke called Hero Spike Rebuild, mm. um, he's re- he wrote a tweet that says, "I wrote up a four-page <laughs> article with everything that we know about Zuma mission, and the picture is four blank sheets of A4." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. That is it's so good. <laughs> but it's Matt. For those that don't know or mm-hmm. weren't listening last week, can you just give? a short roundup about what happened. Well, here we go. This is this is all we know really so far is that SpaceX launched Zuma. Now Zuma apparently is a multi-billion dollar satellite. Multi-billion for 
crying out loud. Wow. Uh, and it went up, and SpaceX said, yep, our uh, rocket has performed nominally, which means, you know, it's perfect. And uh, rumours started flying around because apparently uh, there were some people, uh, journalists at Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal, had reported that lawmakers had been briefed on Zuma's demise, which which mm. which was a bit shocking because there's a few things that don't just don't add up here because Gwyn Shotwell came out and said this for clarity after review of all data to date Falcon Nine did everything correctly on Sunday night information published that is contrary to this statement is categorically false. Now, you don't see statements like that every day. Yeah. So that is pretty wow. pretty amazing. Now, there is one thing that could have happened, and that's that uh, Northrop Grumman, yes. uh, who built the satellite, um, they also built the uh, payload adapter, which, which is the thing that basically releases the satellite off the rocket. Mm. Now, that's unusual. It's normally spe- SpaceX that build it. So it could have been that that failed and the uh, satellite dragged back down into Earth when SpaceX returned the final stage back to Earth to be destroyed. However, that seems really odd because surely if it hadn't detached, they would sort of fly the thing around until they'd exhausted all options. I would have thought. I mean, I just don't know. And also, Spacetrack had catalogued the Zuma payload, USA 280, as going round and doing at least one orbit. So that adds an extra layer of weirdness to it. And since then, no one has confirmed that Zuma has failed. Like, no, literally, the Pentagon won't, won't say whether it's failed or not. And, then, and they say... This is the thing. weird thing. Why wouldn't they just come out and say, it's, it's failed, failed or, and, and, you know, that was it. It was a real shame, uh, you know... Wouldn't have to kind of say exactly. Wouldn't what have it was to say for, anything else if it was said to do. No, no, no. The actual reality. Matt, if of you were it, a betting man, what, yeah. what would you? What do you think it was? What What do I think the satellite was? Yeah. Oh, what do I think Zuma was? Do you know what? I have absolutely no idea. It really is a blank it's all piece a bit of paper, isn't it? It could have been a space plane. It could have been anything. And what's really bizarre is, can you imagine that the British government, for example, pa- paying a few billion dollars on something? And it, imagine, like they said, right, we're opening a new massive train station and then spending a couple yeah. of billion pounds on this new train station. And as it was finished, it just collapsed. And then and everyone's saying, well, what's happening here? Oh, nothing. No, 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 nothing to yeah. see here. Yeah, exactly. It's just, men- it's just mental, is isn't it? I mean, this is a lot of so public weird. money. And I'm thinking, surely someone's going to have to go and say something. It's just crazy. Do you know what's, do you know what's even weirder, Matt? Mm-hmm. When I was researching this story... I typed in Zuma in Google and pressed enter. And about six stories down, there's a link to a game that's called Zuma's Revenge. <laughs> Do you think that's a coincidence? Uh, no. What, what, I tell you what is a coincidence. That's all I'm saying. When you're trying to research Zuma, of course, you've got a lot of President Zuma. Of yes. <laughs> uh, South trying, Africa, Jacob ends, Zuma. Yeah, Jacob Zuma. And, and he's, he's in all sorts of trouble as well. So it's a bit oh, bizarre. He is. But getting back to the weirdness, of course, a lot of uh, SpaceX uh, detractors, i.e. people with shares in all the big companies like Boeing, (laughs) etc., 
they have been not uh, slow in sticking in the knife in SpaceX, saying, well, we can't trust them to do this, we can't trust them to do that. And it's just like, well, hang on a second. All of SpaceX's customers have got complete faith in SpaceX. Um, SES, for example, they tweeted, looking forward to GovSat launch this month. Uh, our engineering staff have reviewed all the relevant launch vehicle data following last Falcon 9 launch. We are confident on SpaceX readiness and set for GovSat to one launch. So all the customers mm. know that SpaceX wasn't at fault and are certainly completely happy going up on a Falcon. But yeah, I mean, uh, there's been no horrible articles written which are just basically slating SpaceX with absolutely no real kind of hard evidence or proper thought at all. And then uh, NASA had a uh, NASA got grilled at a uh, well, not just NASA, everyone got grilled at a House committee uh, yeah. uh, thing for you know one of those space subcommittees. Uh, and it, this one was about Nash's commercial crew, and they were sort of saying, well, you know, if this SpaceX is unreliable, what would happen if crew had been on board? And Gerstenmeier had to yes. sort of say, well, hang on a second. That, you know, as far as we know, there's been no mishap. We haven't been told that there's yeah. a mishap. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then Koningsman, who's one of the SpaceX people, said, you know, Falcon 9 performed as specified. <laughs> That's like, it's, Matt, it's, has has um, our mate Elon mentioned this at all? Um, no, only has he given uh, any statement? <clears throat> not really. Um, he's. I mean, I, I think his only sort of comments are that that you know spe- the launch is going ahead as as planned. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and he plans to do thirty launches this year, which is absolutely incredible, isn't it? So uh, you know, and there's no reason why he shouldn't. There is a bit Absolutely. of Absolutely. A... Keep up the good work, Elon. We think you did all right, drink. Yeah, drink. It looks like, they, you know, everyone's, you know, they're just so willing to get in and start, like, punching him when it's clearly, as far as I can see, not SpaceX's fault. The weird thing about exactly. it is it's going to definitely end in some kind of massive fistfight, really, be- between <laughs> Northrop yeah. Grumman and SpaceX. You know, someone must have been to blame. That's if Zuma failed at all. I mean... Can you imagine, really, if you've got this super secret satellite, why not spin a story so ridiculous? That is good, Matt. I hadn't yeah, thought so, about that. Do well, you reckon that that could be it? Well, that wow. could be it, couldn't it? I mean, let's face it. No one knows whether Zuma died or not. We actually just don't know. There's some brilliant pictures of the upper stage re-entering the atmosphere and venting fuel that was taken I by a, try a and tr- Dutch pilot. I might try pilot. and track it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there are, of course, there are astronomers who can spot satellites through their telescopes. Uh, at the moment, you won't be able to, I think, because it's uh, because it's on the wrong, it's in the wrong kind of orbit to be sort of uh, lit up by the uh, sun. But in a few weeks' time, it should come back round. That's if it stays in the same orbit. Of course, it could be, it could be a stealth. It might be a satellite checking out stealth technology, which would make total sense because then it's like you don't know if it's up there or not. And you also can't find it. You know, there'd be no point testing stealth technology if everyone knew where it was. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Well, God, what a story, man. Yeah, it is. It's intriguing, isn't it? I mean, I think it probably annoys a lot of serious journalists because, I mean, you would have thought it's just what do they? Yeah, what do they write about? Well, uh, but it's it's intriguing to say the least. Um, so, it really is. I I wonder if we'll ever know what happened to Zuma. 
I want to I want to ring our mate Marcus Allen and ask him what he thinks. <laughs> he'll definitely have a good explanation. What do you reckon he'll say? <laughs> oh man. Oh so, so whoa, what what do you expect? <laughs> well you should make a good point. So, <laughs> yeah, well that's a good point. Oh, oh brilliant. So, oh I miss him. Uh, tied in with this. Uh, our last week's guest, Eric Berger, wrote a brilliant piece uh, recently yes. about the delays in NASA, NASA's commercial crew program, mm. which looked like it's it's just embarrassing. I think <laughs> so. Yeah, the US the US House Subcommittee on Space was undercut release release of a report on Wednesday by the US Government Accountability Office. So Christina Chaplin told Congress during the same hearing that she anticipated. Certification dates for certification dates would be much later for SpaceX operational flights to the station when unlikely before December 2019. And Boeing unlikely before February 2020. And that's a nightmare for NASA because they only are able to buy seats on Soyuz near the middle of 2019. So it's kind of, Mm. well, hang on a second, we might not be able to get astronauts to and from the international space station anymore so it's a eek yeah uh, it says uh, there's a uh, texas republican brian babin said both companies are making progress but certainly not at the rate that was expected and not without significant challenges to safety and reliability in order to remedy these problems nasa may seek additional funding or accept significant risks neither of these options are viable (laughs) That, oh, I know, and that is, you know, that's bad, isn't it? And they, one of the reasons why these these things have happened is because the contractors, this is, <laughs> this is what someone said in this uh, subcommittee was, the contractors are aggressive and use their scheduled dates to motivate their teams, while NASA adds additional schedule margin for testing. Both contractors assume an efficiency factor in getting to the crude flight test that NASA does not factor into its analysis. So basically it's saying... NASA only will certify things that have gone slowly and carefully, whereas NASA and Boeing both work fast and fail fast. That's the problem. Wow. Oh, it's just... I just want to bang their heads together, Matt. That's all I want to do. Yeah, just get... I mean, it's bad. Just get 2020, it together. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, that's that's really bad. If that is true, which which in my blood, in my bones, I know it to be true. That we're not going do, to see manned crew on either of those vehicles this year, which is a bit going. Oh, oh yeah. well, there's always there's always next. What else in the news? Well, Matt, what about the crater? Ooh, Newcomb, named after Mars Express founder. Yeah, a fascinating Martian crater has been chosen to honour the German physicist and planetary scientist Gerhard Newcomb. Matt, is it actually pronounced Newcomb? <laughs> I hope so. I would, I would now. imagine being being uh, German, it'd be Neukum. Or Neukum. It would be Neu, wouldn't it? Neukum. Yeah. yeah. Like Neutrik. Neukum. Yeah. Yeah. Or Newcomb's, Newcomb's more no, fun, I like Newcomb. isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do when you spot Martians? Newcomb. Good. How, yeah, was, that, here how was that crater made on Mars? Newcomb. No, that didn't work. Never mind. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> so, Matt, what's uh, 
What's happening uh, on the space station? Spa- space station. So we've got a couple of spacewalks to look forward to this month on January the 23rd yeah. and 29th. So we're already starting to get used to these names, aren't we? So we've got uh, the, we the flight engineer, Mark van der Heij of NASA. He's going uh-huh. to lead both excursions. And on the first one, he's going to be joined by your favourite space uh, astronaut, yes. Scott Tingle. Mr. Tingle. And then we get uh, on the 26th, we'll be, 29th, sorry, will be uh, Kanai, the astronaut yes. that grew loads and then shrunk back down. So uh, hopefully Brilliant. a spacesuit will fit, depending on how tall he is that yeah. day. <laughs> We've sent him some special socks. So it's ah, you know, it's been a it's been a good week for uh, the Japanese space agency because um, uh, they just launched an Epsilon rocket, and I don't know if you saw my pictures that I found. I did. The Epsilon launch is one of my favourite pictures of a launch ever. It's absolutely it's amazing. Beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that ridiculous. Is really, really cool. So uh, yeah, I like the Japanese. Check and, it out. Um, and I and uh, I noticed a story on the Planetary Society. Uh, hmm. of someone who's been processing data from the Akatsuki um, satellite that's been going around Venus. And the pictures of Venus are incredible from, from it. They've done some really, really... I haven't really... seen those yet. I need to see them. Oh, it's it's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, so th- this was a mission that almost failed. Akatsuki failed to get into orbit around Venus because of a, a, a thruster problem, I think. And it did, just didn't get into, into into orbit like it was supposed to in 2010. And it had hmm. to do these crazy manoeuvres around the sun and came back and managed to get into orbit in 2015. But like this really crazy elongated orbit. So the mission's going to take loads longer than they planned. But it looks like it's going to get most of the science that they planned, which is a testament to how brilliant the scientists are over in japan fantastic that's Akats- great isn't it yeah, they're the, getting there in the end yeah so the akatsuki mission is is one that you don't really hear about very often but it's blooming brilliant that's all i know it really is <laughs> yeah. i tell you what matt we should try and get an interview with one of them yeah absolutely that'd be brilliant actually i'm gonna make that my personal you mission. make that your personal because you've got you know you've i'm got quite gonna a few orbit around the net yeah. and i'm gonna ask my colleagues to help yeah yeah absolutely brilliant Another another interesting thing this week was the thick sheets of water ice found buried under Mars' surface. Now, you know this floats my boat. Excuse the pun. Uh, Carry on, Matt. Yeah, so I think High Rise has taken pictures of uh, an area of Mars where you can see the ice shelf uh, protruding out of uh, one of these kind of cliff faces. Love that. Uh, and yeah, so that it looks like there's loads more water on Mars than first anticipated. I mean, if if it's like that all the, all around, because that's at a kind of latitude of similar to Scotland would be on Earth. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know it's really interesting that that could be major, major, major news, especially for Mars exploration and uh, habitation. Well, they could go for one liter instead of half liter slush puppies, couldn't they? Mm. Now, I tell you what's a very intriguing and breaking story right now. Go on. NASA has just announced the crew assignments for the space station mission. So I know we covered this with what's going to happen in 2018 and the crewed flights. Now, Mm. here's a very odd one. Uh, Jeanette Epps, who would have been 
the first African-American astronaut to live as a crew member aboard the International Space Station, and only the uh -huh. third African-American woman to have flown to space, she's just been reassigned. So she, was, she, in a matter of months, would have flown up on Expedition 58. Uh, to, and, uh, but she's been reassigned. Oh, no, I'm sorry, on 56, but she's been reassigned... Uh, so she okay. won't be. So she won't be flying this year, and she's just been. Uh, so she's got to go back to the astronaut office and resume duties there, and she may be considered Aww. for future missions. So she's been. That's a shame. Yeah. So she's been reassigned. Uh, so Serena Anun Chancellor has been uh, put in her place, and Anne McLean, who was uh, part of the 2013 astronaut class, so a real rookie, uh -huh. has been uh, put in the place, has uh, swapped with Serena. Oh. So they've had to do a little bit of juggling because, they, because they've recalled Jeanette Epps. Now, it would be really interesting to see the reasons why. Now, they don't often say, but I should imagine that the reasons will get out. And uh, it, the rumour mill is that it's not, particularly nice it's not particularly nice reasons oh and it, so you can draw your own conclusions from that let's not draw any oh god i hope that's not true let's wait till we get the facts yeah let's wait till we get the facts but that's definitely one to watch and it's certainly intriguing absolutely you know? well to be continued matt what's happening in the world of launches so this week we just i tell you what we just missed out on on the 12th of january uh the isro um just as well, after we'd recorded our uh, podcast uh, they launched India's 100th satellite and 29 others. Whoa. Uh, but it included Carbonite 2, which was from Surrey Satellite, so built just around the corner from where I work, and that was the Earth Eye, uh, British, a British company that is launching um, sort of 4K cameras into space on these very small uh, satellites for very high-resolution imagery on Earth. So I think it's the first 4K camera in space the earth eye um and yeah so they you know these are little tiny things anyway so yeah that so there was two two satellites from surrey satellites there was the um carbonite 2 and the telesat leo phase 1 satellite nice last night there was a uh, there was a scrub of the atlas 5 which actually yeah. might mean that there's even more delays on falcon heavy and also, there's a government shutdown that's looming. So that actually might mean that they can't operate from there uh, and, oh, until that God. government shutdown finishes. So uh, that might delay all space launches from there. I feel like we need some good news to just... Let's, let's leave it on the up. On the up, we should That'd see uh, Rocket Lab testing the Electron. There we go. And that'll be fun. We're back. And Ariane 5. It's Ariane 5 launching... Uh, some United Arab Emirates satellite and uh, a Luxembourg Com satellite, which will have the NASA Gold Explorer experiment on. So you can look wow. that up because that's that's quite exciting. I'm definitely going to uh, look that so up. So it's yeah, a NASA, a NASA experiment that's been um, kind of integrated with a Luxembourg Com satellite. Wow. Yeah, do a little bit of research. That's uh, that's your homework, listeners, homework. for the uh, week. Anything? Have you got anything else to say, Jamie? Or, or do you need to check out of your hotel? Yeah, I need to check out pretty soon. So I just want to let everyone okay. know that if you're having a breakfast buffet, just sit sit down and watch the people around you. Because it's really weird. It's a really weird gathering, isn't it, Matt? We discussed this earlier. It's pretty mental. It's just really strange. It makes me feel weird. <laughs> Everyone's very quiet oh. and and like with bedhead, you know? 
<laughs> oh, I'll tell you what happened last night, by the way. Go on, what happened? There was a Long March 11 rocket launch that was the 100th launch from the Xinhuan Satellite Launch Center in the Gansu province. Whoa. The 100th launch. 100th? Uh, since 1958. Go on, China. Let's hear a space fact. Go on, then. Neutron stars can spin at a rate of 600 rotations per second. That's quick, isn't it? That's like something the size of London spinning 600 times a second. Matt, how many spins do you think you could do a second? Well, when I was a professional ice skater, I used to be able to do that thing where... You, you know, could you do spin a 20 really, really or 30, couldn't you? I, 20, 20 or 30, yeah. Yeah. And I would spit out jets in both directions. Do you still wear those latex outfits? <laughs> Along my polar axis. Yeah, I've still got... Well, you know I do. I, I, I do the podcast in them. Oh, God. That's how, that's how I gear up for the podcast. I feel a bit queasy. I'm going to have to go. Before you go, remember... <laughs> You can take part in the Interplanetary Podcast. Oh, can you ever? You can go to our Patreon page, yeah. for one, and, and actually be a patron of the podcast. What? Or, if you don't feel like doing that, this, I mean, this podcast does take us ages. I know it sounds pretty flippant, but it, it's hard work. But if, you know, you might just want to go to iTunes and leave us a lovely review. Oh, I'd love Both that. Both are equally lovely. Also... Don't forget to write in some of your favourite songs or if there's something that you want us to cover in terms of, you know, I really want to learn about this and just let us know and we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Matt, let me ask you we'll this. We'll get a space expert in. Let me yes. ask you this. Uh, is the Interplanetary Podcast on any social media? It is on social media. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We you are can find so, us on Pinterest if you we must. We are so street. street. Streeter than street. All right, guys. Well, listen, it's been emotional. Um, you have a good week. And take care of yourself, please. Yeah? And don't forget to check out our playlist and listen to some space songs. Oh, yes. Bye. Bye-bye. Space podcasts. <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Bye. The Interplanetary Podcast, putting the ace back into space. <laughs> <laughs>